Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. She is Jill Savage, Blaze TV contributor, joining us here for the Dace Group momentarily. There you go. Um, of course, uh, we'll get to your weekly look at the week that was in just a matter of moments. Feedback Friday coming your way next hour. We will delve into the SteveDace.com inbox for that. Wanna Before we get to everything else, though, say thank you all very much. Um, the reaction we got to the, uh, the full marketing launch for my upcoming movie, Nefarious, yesterday was overwhelming. I mean, the reaction we got to the trailer, the full trailer was overwhelming. Um, I mean, we were... Well over a million views on uh, combined on various platforms organically yesterday afternoon before we even started bribing the algorithm. I'm sorry, uh, 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 investing in social media marketing. I believe that's what it's called. Whatever it takes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Whatever it takes. Uh, I mean, we've just I mean, the reaction that this thing has gotten and what's been really cool. There is one place on uh, TikTok that is like one of their main feeds for people to watch movie trailers. And on average, you know, movie trailers will get about a 10,000, about 10,000 views over there. We're at like 700,000 views on that feed. And I went through and read the comments yesterday, which you know I don't like to do because comment sections are where sanity goes to die. Okay. But I did because I want to see, this isn't my audience, right? How many of these people are just part of a lost generation and they think hey this looks like something cool like we'd want to see and it is it'll be cool now when you see the actual worldview you'll maybe have a different decision on whether you wanted to see it or not but no, you're not going to walk out of that theater not knowing what that worldview is right and so this was an this was an opportunity to get a worldview in front of them that probably if you're hanging out all day on TikTok you're not going to get a lot of exposure to you know, so just thank you. I mean, the comments, everything, it was it, it was successful beyond what we had hoped. And so now, you know, the main countdown to the April 14th theatrical release is underway. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody before we got into today's show. And with that, it's time for the day group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at My Patriot Supply. If it feels like things are going to hell in a handbasket, it's because you're paying attention. That is why you want to make sure to visit MyPatriotSupply.com. Stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. And when you do, you'll get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. You'll need that gear when things fall apart as well. All right, MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll get breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of the 2,000-plus calories per day that you need. It stays good for well over 20 years with proper storage as well. And free shipping. They'll throw in free shipping as well. Everything made in the USA. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Let's get to issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. It's terrifying. It feels like a Soviet 
system or you know the way the Nazis would build a Potemkin village Tucker Carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from uh, 1-6 it's just uh, a, a kind of rewriting of history Rupert Murdoch who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he is perverted and slimed the truth. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. I think it's bull****. Women and, and children are the primary victims of conflict and of climate change, and there is no place that unfortunately, tragically shows us that more dramatically than Ukraine today. I mean, one of the young leaders was talking to me about climate mental health. I said, tell me what's going on with your peers. Climate mental health. And she talked, I said, I think I understand that, but unpack it for me. And she talked about how her peers are thinking about it. One example is, you know, whether when they're ready, could they start a family? Basically, at about 24 months, here, here's where she started grabbing the, um, the tutus and the dresses. By three and a half, Kieran had transitioned to a girl. Today, she's nine years old, a third grader, and an athlete. That's why the Clausens are celebrating Governor Holcomb's decision to veto a bill that would have banned Kieran and other transgender girls from playing on girls' sports teams at school. Our vision in Washington Elementary School District is committed to achieving excellence for every child, every day, every opportunity. When I go to Arizona Christian University's website, part of their values is influence, engage, and transform the culture with truth by promoting the biblically informed values that are foundational to Western civilization, including the centrality of family, traditional sexual morality, and lifelong marriage between one man and one woman. I want to know how bringing people from an institution that is ingrained in their values that will very directly, one, impact three of your board members. Are we going to dig deep and actually look at the partnerships that we're doing? We are going to dig deep and look at the partnerships that we're doing, which is why you're fired. Let's get to the first question. What disgusted you the most that you just saw? Jill, ladies first, you're up. Well, I'm happy to be here on the first day of the banking crisis. Nice to see that the world is going well, even outside of Aaron's video montage there. So, you know, if you're waiting for the My Patriot Supply stuff, well, this might be the first domino that falls. But as it pertains to Aaron's montage, because it is Women's History Month, I have to look at one Hillary Clinton making an appearance back in the montage. Thank you, Aaron, for that. We have missed out on Hillary for so long. I was just still, saying that the other day, too. I was just like, right? where's She's Hillary been? I know. News. I know. Yeah. I've missed her, Steve. I've missed her in that weird, like, I hate you so much. I just, I just need to see your face every now and then because we've been so accustomed to it basically my entire life. But when Kamala Harris comes out and talks about the climate mental health 
I just think you idiots, this is something that you have brought upon children for yourselves. There was no climate mental health crisis, but now you have scared these kids. And the, you know, some of these, these kids are now adults that have gone through all of the educational system to say, hey, my, I can't I can't go out there and reproduce. I'm so scared to have a family because who knows if the world is even going to be around in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. These people, w whether they can or not, whether, you know, jabbed or not, that that set aside. But what they have done to the mental health of, of all of these kids going through the educational system, just saying, oh, climate change is going to kill you. You get the class of Greta Thunbergs of the world that mm -hmm. really think everything is a problem and you're going to die just by walking outside and being a normal human being. You had COVID on top of that. No wonder we get people like that lady at the school board that has the cat ears on her head trying to tell us all how to live our lives. Well said, Todd. Um, Ken Burns is a master craftsman of documentaries. Done baseball, Civil War, Lewis and Clark, more. He knows how to cull through hours upon hours upon hours of footage and pictures and interviews that go back 150 years. So you'd think the natural instinct of that guy when presented with undeniable and obvious footage that the guy, the very network he's on right there, raced out to say, Sidnick died by being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. There was footage, and there was footage all along of Officer Sitnik after that supposedly happened of walking around just like you and me directing traffic. And instead of the natural reaction to him is to be like, um, guys, did you... I, I, I don't think it was a great day in American history. I'm not excusing all of it. Uh, if you're going to make an accurate record of history, why was this not in there? And he is all in on, I still say we turn this up to 11. How do you share a country with that, to quote I, I, Steve Days? How I, do you share a country I, with I that? Don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I mean, I it's not, it's, it's beyond cognitive dissonance. He literally says in the same breath, the footage... Dot, 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 dot. A rewriting of history. How can footage of something that you actually see with your eyeballs right. rewrite history? Unless I, yep. it's not actually history, it's <clears throat> uh, the narrative. That's, yeah. that's how we do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to share a country with that. I, I, I don't think it's possible. I know of no other moment in all of human history where such a thing has been achieved. I mean, in the end, you will either, um, the, there will be a breakdown over which version mm -hmm. of reality yeah. we are going to ascend to, uh, ascend to as a society, either the, the real one or the imposed one. But the idea that some people will go with real reality and some people won't, and they'll just live together yeah. and in, for an indefinite period of time, that is just simply not possible. Or the, the press, we used to talk about what's the bias. It used to be, it, it's... They just ignore a lot of things. That's what it used to be. But now, the, the, whether it's the press or the so-called experts, 
it's just, it's what he said. The sky is green. Mm -hmm. that, that's just what they do to you all the time. And they're, they're going to keep doing it to you unless there's a different response than the way we've been getting for a very, very long time where you just go find a way to like game the system and survive and get yours while everything else burns. That's why I don't think that this is just merely Marxism. I, I think our friend Jesse has completely and totally, as well as anybody, ad accurately depicted th the manifestation that we are dealing with. But there has never been a moment all, ever where, and, and th that Marxists have attempted this level of, of cultural hijacking against an armed populace. They don't do things like this. They, it's witchcraft, yeah, de uh, demonic. That, yes, that's why I think we're dealing with something more. I think I think the the Marxist element in our society is being provoked every bit as much as we are. I think that this is demonic. I think that they are being provoked by all means. Let the freak flag fly, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Paint the rainbow flag right there on the friggin' street corners. Put it all out there. And then that same instinct then turns to us and says, man, you're going to let them get away with that? You're gonna, you sure? Oh, you know you can't vote your way out of it, right? You see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I think we are just being blackpilled. I really believe that. Yeah. I think something worse than Marxism is occurring here. We have too many guns and too much resistance for them to gain total control over the culture at the rate that Marxism is accustomed to. And so there is no strategic retreat. Think of how Marxism has behaved in the West all this time. Patience, long marches through institutions, co-option. It's never done this. You know what I'm saying? It has just never said, you know, it's never spinal tapped like this, just out into the open. I think this is absolutely a, a, an attempt to blackpill our civilization. I absolutely believe it. Aaron. So, go, ahead, go, go ahead, Jill. You want to comment on that? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so basically what you're saying is that America has looked at the end of the empire and said, hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but I think that is where the feeling of despair comes from. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's, I think that that is, I think we are being demonically blackpilled as a society for a nihilistic end. That's what I think. Aaron. Did you see that three pointer from, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, the worst by far to me is the last clip and it is a lengthy clip. I can't remember this woman's name, she describes herself. She's a school board member at an elementary school around Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona. She deserves, she describes herself as a disabled, queer, uh, neurodivergent black Latina. She dons phony cat ears everywhere she goes. She cannot spit out multiple words there, including the word civilization, yet she sits on a school board and uses that position as a cudgel to smack Christianity and teacher placements in her school district from Arizona Christian University. That is the absolute state of many of our school districts in this, in this country. All I hear is blessings of liberty, Aaron. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. That is the absolute state of these school boards. They may not wear, they may not wear the cat ears on the outside. I guarantee to you, they're wearing them on their heart everywhere. Just ask Todd. Hashtag Satan's Youth Ministry. Yes. Exit question. On a scale of one to ten, with one being how much Anderson Cooper knows about masculine courage, and ten being how much he knows about the bottoms menu. 
Rank this week's level of total depravity. Jill. 10. Todd. 10. You liked that one, didn't you? Bottoms <laughs> up. Bottoms up. You liked <laughs> Aaron. 10. Nice. All right, let's get to issue two, and they're off. 2024 news and tidbits are coming out with increasing frequency. Over the weekend, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. told a crowd in New Hampshire he's considering primarying Joe Biden. Spirit of the age, High Priestess Marianne Williamson announced she's entering the race. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis continued his book tour, including stops in Texas and California, and Donald Trump slayed at CPAC. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. So let's just ask a generic, a generic, a generic, 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 general question as I tried to say both those words at the same time. Now that the race for the 2020, Steve, it's called English. (laughs) Try it. Now that the race for the 2024 presidential election is unofficially but officially underway with all this flurry of activity we're now seeing, what storyline are you the most interested in going in? Aaron, I'll start with you. Uh, It's... The let's actually I'm I'm for my answer I'm just going to take the elephant uh, in the room of the, the the jabs and and Trump off the table I think that is probably the most interesting thing even though I don't see any sign of that going anywhere anytime soon I think what I'm most interested in at this very moment we have a pretty good feel I think for uh, at least so far about how DeSantis is going to make his opening pitch which is basically let's make America Florida again something like that which is a good pitch because a lot of people are moving to Florida for a reason. What's most interesting to me is RFK Jr. Hmm. And I've seen even, uh, I think it was, uh, was a Jeff Rowe, uh, Cruz's former campaign manager back in 2016. He's all in on the uh, Marianne Williamson uh, phenomenon, uh, trying to, to, to pump some support her way. But I think RFK Jr. is really interesting to me right now. And what has been interesting, we talked about this on, uh, on off the record uh, on Monday, that little live show that we do from time to time for uh, exclusively for blaze TV subscribers, the whole uh, crunchy anti-vax and Todd would know this better than anybody on this panel. uh, The whole crunchy anti-vax thing traditionally has been more of a left of center phenomenon. I think it's interesting to me what RFK jr. Could do because we're going to see how much of that is actually left on the left. If that makes sense, hmm. I want to see how far gone that party truly is. If his message of vaccine skepticism um, or, you know, reality based a commentary on the dangers of big pharma, if that no longer has any place at all in the Democrat Party, we need to stop couching this as as you know, the Democrat Party is a demonic construct or factions of the Democrat Party are demon. It, it just is. It's wholly given over at that point. If there's no room in that party for somebody like RFK Jr. to get any sort of a, a foothold, uh, just turn out the lights. Hmm. What do you think, Todd? Uh, well, it's why isn't Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio? Uh, the accomplishment that DeSantis obviously has, 
Cruz has as a, as a center. He was, I mean, you, you knew what he stood for. He was willing to go there. Being governor is a, a different thing, but still that. Uh, Rubio, young, uh, charming uh, guy, been willing to uh, seemingly uh, take in an ar- argument or two, in, in some cases, not the ones we wanted to. But w- Ron DeSantis, at some point, is going to have to show everybody when he gets on that stage and the sparring starts that he's not them because if people get a whiff that he's them again, well, it doesn't, it, 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 things, whatever the polling shows right now, they can change overnight. If people get a whiff that he's, he's going to bring the same level of simply not being ready for what uh, Trump brings to the table. Jill, what about you? Uh, I look at it and I kind of fall right between Todd and Aaron. I look at obviously Trump and DeSantis are the two heavyweights in the fight. And I've said before, who do you think is the more disciplined of the two candidates? And I think that's clearly Ron DeSantis. Can he sustain that and not fall for the the Trump attacks? And that's you know kind of what Todd is alluding to there. But when you look at it, the the ultimate thing on the table is going to be the jab how Trump deals with that or not, because that could just take him away from a whole sector uh, of people on the right. But on the left, as as Aaron is alluding to with RFK Jr., Steve, you and I were there for the COVID jab special mm-hmm. that Whitlock did here in Nashville. And that was so eye-opening to me. Yes, of course, you know, RFK Jr., he's still gonna be out there, you know, as a leftist, That's that's fine. But what he has the ability to do is to get on a stage with other Democratic presidential nominees and force the issue. We've been asking on this show, what is going to be the thing that really moves most of America on the jab? And RFK Jr. potentially has the ability, if he goes through, if he is actually gonna do this and get on that stage to force the issue, you you can't be editing that. That's going to be live in a debate form. It's going to be the perfect platform for those who don't believe, who don't think that this is an issue, that could be one of the most powerful things that we see in terms of the jab going forward. Okay, let's reverse it. And since it's a snake draft, we're going back to you, Jill, first this time. Okay, let's reverse it. What's the storyline that everybody's talking about that you guys think is going to be overrated in the end? So, Jill, I'll go back to you with that. That I think is going to be overrated in the end. I mean, anything really that Trump goes through and does, we know that the media likes to push up Trump and and everything that he does and just say how crazy he is and and things like that. But I just think that it's going to be some Trump antic. I don't know what it is because you can never just go out there and and guess what Trump is going to do from day to day. But it would be some Trump antic that they are just going to, you know, try and say, oh, look at this. He's not fit for office because that's what we've seen from them since he's been running for candidate the the very first time before he was president. It's going to be something along those lines. Todd, totally agree. Trump is the weather, but most people are still like everything he does. People on the right, too. They, they go, and his fans, the people who hate him, they're just drunk on everything. And quite frankly, there's just like not, there's very little novelty to the man. He's, he just is what he is now. So Jill is absolutely right. Aaron? 
Yeah, I think that's right as well. I, I think there is one vulnerability with, with Ron DeSantis, and it would be the same with any governor in its uh, foreign policy. However, I, I've, I've, I've seen enough from DeSantis. I'm willing to, to go out and say right now, I'm not sure that's going to be as big of a deal as Trump, I think, would like to make it. I think he'll come out with something strong. Uh, foreign policy wise, uh, whether you know, whether it's a policy, you know, policy rundown uh, of positions or rolling that out, that has never really been much of a problem. Messaging has never really been much of a problem for Ron DeSantis. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Ann Seltzer, one of the best pollsters in the country, has an initial poll of kind of the environment in Iowa out today. Because, like we've observed, this you can kind of see now. DeSantis is here in Iowa for the first time. Uh, Trump is going to be here this weekend as well. I mean, really, things are getting underway right now. So it's a great time. What's the environment? One thing that stood out to me that I think will be unique in this cycle that I've I've not seen before is that it's actually going to be the conservative grassroots that's going to have an electability debate. I think this time. Because I think there is a notion that I can get a lot of the same things out of Ron DeSantis that I think I can get out of Trump, but I think he's more electable. I saw that. I, you see that in the numbers that Ann put out. You see that in, um, in, the, in, in the specific people that she talked to uh, in her profile today. Typically, when we have had electability debates, it has been, it, it's been used against the base as a way of saying your people can't get elected translation. We don't want them to get elected because then they would not do the stuff that we want them to do. Okay. But in this case, I, I think that we're going to, we're going to actually have a real conversation within the base about electability. Can Trump actually win a national election or not? Because there's another candidate out there that I think a lot of people are thinking now a lot doesn't mean a majority. I don't, you know, a lot just means, Something significant doesn't mean it's enough to tip the race one way or the other, Uh but there is a significant amount of people that will are going to be voting, I think, on electability this time that listen to shows like this that have not voted on, quote unquote, electability in a primary or a caucus before because of the concern that Trump cannot win a national election. That was something that I mean, I've been, you know, focused on. The jab and, you know, making sure there's some kind of a reckoning on that one way or the other, even to the point of trying to reach the former president in my own spare time before we even get to, you know, things getting hot and heavy in Iowa that I just had not even considered. I do think a lot of our base is going to be talking more about that than they have been in the past, that. Now, I don't have to be, you know, basically the only difference I, I think a lot of people are going to see between Trump and DeSantis, I think, is which one of these guys could actually win a general election. I do think that is an underrated factor we're going to have to be discussing more often as time goes on, especially seeing it, we can we can all have different reasons why we think this occurred. But it is not in dispute that by and large Trump's candidates underperformed in this last election cycle. Now. We might have a different reason why that occurred than, say, Neil Cavuto. Fair? Yeah. But, but the fact that it did occur is in dispute, is not in dispute. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think there is going to be on the right, not at National Review or the Washington Examiner, okay, on the right at places like this, 
I think there's going to be more of a conversation about electability than what we have seen in past cycles. Let's get to the exit question. What's your way too early prediction for the top three in Iowa? Don't have to even be in order. We typically punch three tickets out of here. You can put them in order if you want. No one's going to hold you to this. Way too early prediction. What do you think, Aaron? I think um, I I think it's and I'm going to put them in order. I'm on the record as saying I still think Trump is going to win this uh, the, the the primary, but I think it's going to be DeSantis, Trump, and then probably Nikki Haley if she even makes it this far. Todd, Aaron's right. Jill. The same because the establishment is going to have some place to go, and Nikki Haley has the ovary, so that's where they're going to try if she can <laughs> she get that the, far. She they, has the they are going to go with them. They are going to go with her. I think you're right if she makes it to Iowa, and I'm not entirely sure about that. Yeah. That I think I think if she if she's if she's here next February, I could see you being correct. But I'm just telling you, there is an element. I just I know this state very well. Even the stuff he's doing right now calling out Rona on what's the debate criteria coming on my show and talking about, they tried to you know get me uh, to pay him a hundred grand to buy second place. There is an element that loves the young, dumb, and you know what aspect of a candidate of in Iowa that Vivek Ramaswamy is displaying. There is an element of that. I just, I'm independently wealthy. I don't need any of these people. I don't need, I'm, I'm just going to go for broke. There is an element for that. If he can, if he's serious and will maintain that, I and I could because I could see him also being a lot of Trump and DeSantis people that don't want to get involved in making a choice given how nasty that's likely to be. The kind of the backup Switzerland choice. Well, I voted for Vivek. You know, I don't care who you know. See what I'm saying? Man, I could absolutely see that, and I could see that being 10, 11, 12 percent on caucus night for sure. We'll come back with more in a moment. Make sure you're hearing about the banking crisis. We've had baby formula crises. We've had toilet paper crises. Uh, uh, how many how many things that previous generations were taking for granted for many generations have we had to deal with here in this era? You never know. You never know when that will happen with medicine. Heck, we've already had one. They already denied you medicines that would help treat you during a deadly pandemic, which they started, by the way. Um, but uh, they denied you those medicines because having them out there and available on the market would mean uh, they'd be out trillions of dollars um, with the, uh, you know, to get paid to experiment on you further with their toxic, uh, not vaccines. That's why you want to get a hold of our friends over at Jace Medical. J-A-S-E is how it's pronounced. J-A-S-E. J-A-S-E for Jace Medical. Go to jacemedical.com. Look up the Jace case. Just fill out a simple online form. And in some cases you may, like I did, had to jump on a quick call because I've got a, a penicillin allergy and amoxicillin. That's right. You know, the one you can't buy right now. That's part of the Jace case. Um, so I needed to verify that with a physician. And they subbed it out for doxycycline, which is the frequent alternative uh, to penicillin that I use. So you can get that too if you've got that allergy or they've got alternatives if you've got other antibiotic allergies too. Uh, Jace Case is doctor created, doctor recommended. Uh, go to Jace Case or jacemedical.com to get the Jace Case. jacemedical.com and enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. Code DACE at checkout for the discount uh, at jacemedical.com. Let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three. What did we learn? 
We're seeing the fruit now of Kevin McCarthy's promise to release tens of thousands of hours of surveillance footage from the U.S. Capitol from January 6th, 2021. This week, Fox News' Tucker Carlson threw a large, heavy wrench into the official narrative of what went down that day, perhaps nowhere as apparent as the story of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. Brian Sicknick should not be reduced to a prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie the Democrats have told us about January 6th. And it was indeed a lie. All right, so now that Tucker has rolled out the first look at the January 6th footage that had been previously kept from us. What is your biggest takeaway? Could be from the footage itself, could be from Tucker's presentation, could be from the reaction, could be from the lack of reaction, could be from what you think happens next. But what's your biggest takeaway? Jill, I'll start with you. I look at this and want to first off acknowledge the 20 members of the House led by your friendship, Roy, Steve, to to actually go through and fight for the Kevin McCarthy speakership, because now we we have real victories, and this is the first of hopefully many that we can go and point to and say at least something on our side was done for this. I, I look at this and just say Tucker Carlson having the access to the footage and showing the American people, he's shining a light on the truth. We've always been told that democracy dies in darkness, yet Tucker Carlson is somehow a bad guy now from Chuck Schumer, from Mitch McConnell and others. So it's it's the uniparty that is coming out against Tucker Carlson in this. And I'm not surprised that they're not for this. But what I am surprised for is that the American people have not come through and just said, you know what, we deserve to know the truth about what happened. So if democracy dies in darkness, right, What? how does democracy actually live in 2023, where we are right now? That is my biggest takeaway is, is what do we actually want as a country? What are we going to be willing to fight for? What are we going to demand the truth on? Because right now we are living in this vast land of, of narratives and what anything that we're told. Another thing that we just saw today happen is that the members of the House floor unanimously 419 to zero said that we deserve to know the true origins of COVID. That will now go to Joe Biden's desk. So are we actually going to see something come out of this? I'm not going to hold my breath, but at least it's a step in the right direction. It is fascinating, Jill, that the same people claiming that Tucker Carlson has cherry picked this footage now also oppose any further disclosure of said footage. I mean, I I would think what would be the best evidence of Tucker Carlson cherry picking the, the footage than having all the footage put out there, Todd? Right. right? Well, that would tell us whether or not he cherry picked it or not. Just put it all out there then. Well, what does that tell you? You already heard what I had to say about Sitnik, but Republican and Democratic alike racing out forcefully. I mean, a lot of times you get the humana humana dance from these people just forcefully. This was wrong. This should not have been done. It tells you what I've been telling you 
on a lot of fronts for quite some time now. It tells you that without exception to these people, what they're doing up there in the federal government, vis-a-vis you, this is their plumb line. The lie is the point. And it, they will fight harder for it even when it's exposed because it's the whole game. It's the whole point. It's one of those things that's hard to accept when you finally figure it out. But when you do, your life will change because you will become much better at fighting battles. You will know which ones to fight. Until you accept it, though, until you accept that a guy named Mitch McConnell from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, as long as you believe that guy's on your side on any level, you're screwed with your pants on. That's one way of putting it. Aaron. I hope I'm just plagued by recency bias with my answer. What I learned is that the system cares far more about this narrative than anything to do with COVID. We've never had immediately the entire system from legacy media, print media, cable news to both sides of the uniparty come out immediately and say, well, you know, they didn't say, hey, the footage is actually false and doctor. They just said, if this is an affront, uh, this is dangerous, this is ugly. They care more about this narrative than even anything regarding COVID. How many times did Rand Paul grill Dr. Fauci and Dr. Fauci perjure himself? And there were never rushes like we saw this week to say, ah, no, 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 you didn't see that. There was never one. They care more about this. And to me, there's two reasons for that. The best case scenario is that the spirit of the age, or Democrat Party, apologies for the redundancy, the spirit of the age said, hey, Donald Trump, this is just political, craven opportunism. Donald Trump has such unfavorables that we can use him, we can use him to do really um, long-lasting damage to our political rivals. Mm -hmm. And this was the PS resistance. Mm -hmm. That's the best case scenario. Here's what I really think it is. Donald Trump's existence is a personal affront to most of the D.C. swamp. And so they did everything they could do to rip to shreds what was left of the social compact in order to eject him to send a message to us. They did. I mean, that's what I think really happened here. And that's why they care about this narrative more than anything to do with COVID. your, Your point is made just in my own inbox. Like they talked about earlier this week. How many COVID narratives have we completely destroyed and debunked on this show? And I did not get finally get a note from NewsGuard or whatever the hell these companies are called, mm-hmm. uh, letting me know. And you know, I did not get the sand ballot and to buy a letter, okay, that, that Nehemiah gets on the wall. I didn't get it until we interviewed the guy that's the January sixth prisoner live from the federal prison. When we had the guy on live from the federal pen, suddenly that note shows up in my inbox. It is not after just absolutely annihilating and destroying every COVID, every vaccine narrative that they've had for the last three years. That, I think, goes right to the point, Aaron, that you were just making a minute ago, for sure. Jill, you have any further thoughts on this? I look at it and, and say that 
this on certain levels, what, what Aaron is saying to, to get everybody to come together, to bring down one person does show you the depths that they will go. And as we were talking about, how is it going to affect Trump versus DeSantis? Well, CNN needs ratings again, everything. And their, their lineup has been changing over and over all the, all the people, all the anchors, everybody, they're going to want this anti-Trump rhetoric to come back. So the fact that, that the January 6th stuff is coming back right as Trump is has announced and is really going forward and pushing forward for a new presidential uh, election, this is playing right into the media's hands right here because they are able to bring back all of the anti-Trump rhetoric that they've been wanting to talk about this entire time. Which gets back into the point that I was making at the end of the last segment. I, I think within our base... There is a significant group of people. How significant? I don't know. Is it a, is it a big, is it 30%? Is it a majority? I don't know. I just know it's more than none. There is a significant part of our base that thinks it is impossible for him to win with all of this. And so we're literally just going to, you know, whether it's Biden or whomever um, is, is, is put up there, we're just going to go through a two-year exercise just, just to subject ourselves to another four years of let's go, Brandon. It, it sucks. It's terrible, but we have to move on again. I'm not, I'm not, that is something I, that I, that, that, that absolutely shows up in the Iowa profile uh, when, when you dig into that poll, that is going to be a fascinating art discussion moving forward. Let's get to the exit question here. What do you think is the next regime narrative that will be debunked by the truth? Aaron. I think, um, I, I think I want to, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic here because my prediction this week is very pessimistic. I think something to do with the jabs. I haven't been hearing fewer and fewer, uh, spots on the radio and on the television. Oh, get your COVID-19 sponsored by Pfizer. I've been hearing less and less about that. So rather implicitly or explicitly, I think they're going to try, at least with this COVID jab, they're going to try to kind of uh, sweep this under the rug as much as possible. Try to make it, uh, until the time is right, try to make it somewhat of a non-issue. Todd? Uh, something relating to election integrity. Jill? I'm going to go with our overlords at the Fed saying that it's going to be a soft landing. There will be nothing soft about this. They said that they are going to be raising interest rates through the end of the year. But I think by the end of this year, we will actually see interest rates cut because they won't have a choice. Okay. Let's get to our kicker question, which relates to the topic we were just discussing. Issue four. Who is Ray Epps? We have asked this question rhetorically for the last couple of years. But who do you, each of you, really believes Ray Epps is? Todd, who is Ray Epps? A Cylon. It seems as good as anything else. That'll start. So, like a like a foot soldier. Uh, no, actually, from outer space, it's it may as well be. Now, I I uh, listen. We have groomers in our schools. I, I don't I I don't think this is that. The layers of clandestine don't go that deep with this guy. I think he's he's a guy who's a known quality. He's basically um, you, th- you think th- he's a think, Fed informant. Th- think think JFK and think of like uh, think uh, Jack Ruby. You know, FBI intelligence adjacent. A guy more than willing. I mean, I just don't. Once you watch JFK. Mm-hmm. And it's unfolding. It's like, it's not like, it's this kind of shady group of 
all this stuff connected from different places, but it's not like, it's not Hail Hydra, actually. All right. I, I don't think it is. Jill, who's Ray Epps? Who do you think he is? Well, what I know for sure is Ray Epps has to be a Democrat because he was able to get off the FBI's most wanted list and oh, yeah. there everybody has been coming after him and nothing has been done to him. So if he was on the right at all, yeah. he would have had something thrown against him. But because I think that he is a Democrat at, at the very core of who he is. I think that really, though, what you're looking for is I think he's a fed pawn and he wasn't ever supposed to be a known name. But now, you know, every, everybody had the cell phone cameras and the footage and they, he, he got caught. He was too good at okay. being that fed pawn in in January 6th. Aaron, who do you think Ray Epps is quickly? Lindsey Graham's lover. Uh, that's, that's as <laughs> hey. good as answer as any. Yes. Uh, let's get to our predictions. Aaron, get your pessimistic one out of the way first. So this is, I, I've been maintaining for a while that TikTok is going to be banned. This is my hedge on that bet. Because it, that actually, since I made that uh, prediction, um, everything has kind of fallen into, into place until yesterday. I believe that Congress will give Joe Biden the authority to ban TikTok. I believe that he will face some pressure from the intel community to do so. I do not believe that Joe Biden will ban TikTok. They just hired a for- firm, or I'm sorry, TikTok just hired a firm who has uh, many alumnus working within the Biden White House right now. And that Chinese money is just going to be too hard to turn down once again. Todd? A mid-major is going to win the NCAA tournament. I could see it this year for sure. Yeah, I could see it. Jill? Uh, Going back to the financial stuff, because of the Silicon Valley Bank being shut down today by California regulators, the Fed is going to have to choose what they want. Do they want a financial crisis or do they want inflation to keep running rampant? And so the word of the day really could be stagflation for everybody. Sweet. Well, that's... That's the Happy Friday. That that's the alternative. Yeah. You know, that's that's the Great Depression, actually. That's that's what the Great Depression's problem was. Oh, okay. <laughs> just just wanted to clarify that. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, we don't think the economy is going to be good leading up to this election, do we? There is what we think, what things will be, and then what we will be told. And those things do not necessarily always line up in this day and age. My prediction is RFK Jr. will, in fact, mount a primary challenge against Joe Biden. That he will actually do it. If, if Biden decides to run again. If Biden does not decide to run again, I don't believe he will. But if Biden decides to run again, I do think RFK Jr. will get into the race. Man, I got The man I spent some time with in Nashville a couple months ago kind of feels like he's got nothing to lose. He's been excommunicated from his family. He's lost a considerable amount of his own fortune. Um, and he's at that age where he's kind of looking for the one last score. You know what I'm saying? What's the, what's, the, what's the one last mark I can make on a legacy? Yeah, I was here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That. So I think if Biden runs again, RFK Jr. will absolutely mount a primary challenge to him. That's my prediction. Any thoughts on that? Uh, it's a good one. I, I, and listen, because of the issue that he, uh, and I share, uh, I, it, it, it requires a level of do not give a rip. Yeah. Conviction. Yeah. So I, I trust it. I trust it. What do you think? Jill, quickly, you agree or disagree with my prediction? 
I completely agree. I just don't know if if he will actually if the system will allow him to get to that point to run. Good stuff. Good to see you, Jill. Take care. You too. Have right. a good weekend, everybody. You too. We've got uh, don't go anywhere yet. We've got one more hour to go right here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast right after this. Stay tuned. Back here with Hour 2 live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Don't forget that you can let us know what we think, or what you think about what we think, I should say, by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, uh, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. Uh, thanks to all of you who helped uh, to make the launch of the nefarious trailer, the full trailer yesterday, a smashing success. One of the TikTok feeds that uh, the trailer was planted in is sitting at about 700,000 views right now. So we actually got to about a million plus views of the trailer on various platforms before we actually started kicking money in. Cause now you have to bribe the algorithm apparently these days too. Okay. So, um, I mean, we've just, our entire team, extremely excited by the numbers we were seeing last night. So, um, and some of you, um, if you're going to see the new Scream film this weekend as it opens, you may even see that trailer in front of uh, Scream. I mean, we have been able to aggressively place it uh, in front of a lot of movies, including the new Scream film this weekend. So, um, we're getting really excited. And don't forget, if you want to see everything, uh, including a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, some of the, the story be- before the story, all of that is over at whoisnefarious.com. That's whoisnefarious.com. All right, thanks again to those of you that have left us five-star reviews. Remember I said you had to bribe the algorithm nowadays? There's two ways to do that. One is financially. Uh, and the other is organically, because a lot of you have chosen uh, to give us five-star reviews. Uh, the algorithm has helped us find more people like you. So thank you to all of you that have done that. And uh, if you've yet to leave us a five-star review, if you like the show, please consider doing that on the podcast platform of your choice and hit subscribe and follow as well. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile, and they want to say thank you too. Uh, to all of you because of your support uh, they have been able to emerge as one of the absolute leaders in the parallel economy and now they can continue to grow what they can offer right now they can give you access to all three of the major carrier networks in the country so if you live in a place I you know I've told you over the years with Patreon Mobile pretty much everybody's got about 90% of the same network because they all have the same towers with a few but there are you know 90% means there's a 10% that's not I mean if I if I lived about an hour west of where I do, I'd have to go with a new network uh, via Patriot Mobile because 
the one I have sucks over there, even though it's great, like literally everywhere else in America. So you may live in one of those pockets, maybe just as simple as for whatever reason, U.S. Cellular has a very strong network in my community. But when uh, my friends come over for poker night that have it, they can't ever access their mobile networks uh, in my basement. It, It may be something like that. Whatever the case is, uh, they want to make it as uh, easy for you as possible to get the best product that you deserve uh, so they can make that switch for you if you're a client anytime uh, for no cost at all uh, and give you access to the best networks without having to directly fund the people that hate you. When you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, use the offer code Steve to get a free activation today at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call them at 878-PATRIOT if that's easier, 878-PATRIOT. All right, let us get to some Feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yes. You bet. Let's start with this note from Dan. Uh, Dan writes, I, I have to love your show. It's the only place where, the, where within five minutes I will hear both a Catholic want to Freaky Friday the Pope and a Protestant discuss the size of the man boobs of the Antichrist. That did happen yesterday on this program. Correct. That was the two of you, by the way. Yeah. I, I was not a part of that conversation the, the two well, of you try to catch that. up. I'm yes. re- rethinking. Catch up. I'm rethinking the man boobs thing. It's that possible. the Antichrist would never have man boobs. Yeah, it's possible the Antichrist could be a tranny. Well, it does say has no regard for women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's kind of always been taken to mean in some traditions either asexual or homosexual. Okay, but. If you're impersonating a woman, you pretty much have no regard for women either, yep. right? Yes. Yes. So there you go. Like I said, catch up. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Jordan in Pittsburgh writes, you guys were having the Russell Brand conversation uh, this week, and you mentioned that the left says that being a hypocrite is the worst thing you can do because it betrays your true self. Non-believers are of the mind that humans are basically good and the world corrupts them. That's exactly right. That's why over the years people have asked me if I could moderate a presidential debate and can only be given one question. Was it Hugh Hewitt from Salem in the 2016 cycle that they allowed to they, to finally let someone who hosts one of our shows get involved and he got to ask like one or two questions? Yeah. Was it Hugh? Yep, okay. it was. Um, and so if I got to do the Hugh Hewitt role, if I only got one question, what would it be? And my question would be, is human nature basically good? Because that's a window to the, to the soul of, of someone's worldview right there. It's human nature basically good. So he's right. Non-believers are of the mindset that humans are basically good and the world corrupts them. So wouldn't it then be true that in fact, that this is why Christianity is so hated? Because we betray our authentic self by overcoming our base nature and therefore become hypocrites in their eyes which then leads to what they have always known, that humans aren't basically good. What do you think? I think that you are making a fascinating point. You know what? Let me give, I'll, get, I'll just use myself as an example. I'll get, I'll get really personal. I've, you know, I've talked on the show before. Um, a few years ago, Amy and I went through a very difficult time. We're not sure that we were going to make it. In the non-believer mindset, now, here's the thing, though. Here's, here's the thing about that. During those few months that we were going through this, before every show, 
I still went into the bathroom and got prayed up like I did. Nothing had changed. I went to church every single week. In fact, our church was one of the first to reopen in Des Moines. And it was during that period of time. And I went every week. I went and worshiped every week. I don't think you would have noticed if I had not told you. I mean, a lot of those shows from that era, people consider to be amongst our finest work. According to the mindset of the spirit of the age, I was a hypocrite. I was contemplating doing and agreeing to something that would split up my family. Maybe cause a scandal. At the very least, uproot the situation for my kids. And yet... I came in here every day, did the best I could do despite that, made sure I was prayed up every day before we went on the air, and never stopped going to church and worshiping. So am I a hypocrite? Am I not supposed to be perfect? I'm going to tell you, there were plenty of times I went and prayed, I wasn't feeling it. Why? Because I was in rebellion. Or at least contemplating it. Plenty of times I went and worshipped. Wasn't necessarily just rocking and rolling in the ticker. Isn't that hypocrisy? To the system it is. To the spirit of the age it is. I've used this analogy before talking about faith. My uh, the uh, One winner... When I was in college, I got a job driving for Airborne Express. Over the four weeks of uh, holiday break. And we had had some terrible snowstorms in West Michigan at this time. And I had really no experience driving rear-wheel drive vehicles. Particularly big delivery vans. Particularly ones with very bald tires in a West Michigan lake effect snow winter. And so... You start feeling, you know, like you're losing traction. You can feel the thing kind of fishtailing on you, right? What is your instinct to do? What is your instinct to do when faced with that conflict? Overcorrect. Overcorrect and steer the other way, right? When you do that, what occurs? Gets worse. It gets worse. You spin out, and I did. I spun out, went flying, went flying once into a ditch, all right? Had to have... You know, the cranes come and pull out my van, okay? Because that's your instinct. The instinct when when you feel the foundation is wobbly is to get away from that as much as possible. But in our natural state, are our instincts basically good? No. No. Doesn't mean, did I say, are our instincts always wrong? Did I say that? No. I mean, a a person in their natural state has a, you know, a wolf is at the door. Your natural state says, load my shotgun or run like hell. Is your natural state correct? Yes. Yes, in both cases. Both of those options are totally fine, (laughs) right? I didn't say our natural instincts were always wrong. I didn't say that, did I? I just said they're not basically good. 
so they're not always right either. That's right. There's a difference there. Okay. And I learned a lot from that experience over the course of that four weeks to turn into adversity, not away from it. To, to grip harder to what is solid as you think about losing a solid fitting footing than what you were doing before. To not overreact. To not take matters into your own hands. And so, in faith, I went every week. In faith, I came and prayed before every show just like I did before when I wasn't contemplating justifying a rebellious act. I took a chance that maybe my true self sucks. Maybe my true self isn't right all the time. Maybe my true self wants to justify things. And I mean, if Amy were sitting here right here, she would tell you about that period of time. It, it takes two to tango. Neither one of us were innocent. No one was being victimized. That's what made it a very slick and temptable temptation is we both had some legitimate issues with the other. Here's all that we did. We acted in spite of our base natures. Our base natures said to overcorrect, as Aaron just said. We started to swerve, started to fishtail. The base nature said, turn the other way. Go the other way. Get away from that situation. That's all we did. We acted against our base nature. When, when the world accuses you of being a hypocrite, as Jordan is pointing out, it is because you won't do that. It is, it is, it is because you are you're not willing to give into your base nature and be your true self and to assume maybe my true self isn't right all the time. Maybe feelings need to be reinforced by facts. Maybe there needs to be a filter for my decisions. What's actually true, what's good or beautiful. Acting in contrary to my feelings grew my faith. And now, a few years later, we, our marriage is better than it's ever been. Ever. I will tell you, in the spring and summer of 2020, I could, have not, a contem- I could, have, could not have contemplated that that would be the case. All I did, all I did, was gamble that there is a God, He knows more than me, and maybe I'm not right about this. That is all that I did. When Jesus condemns us for being hypocrites, it is when we don't do what I did. It's the other way around. It is when we choose to act on our carnal instincts. It is when we choose to act on our base natures. It is when we choose to overcorrect and turn the other way rather than turn in. The point of faith is not the avoidance of conflict or suffering. Or difficulty. 
but the endurance through it. In a utilitarian world, for each according to his abilities, to each according to his needs, avoid suffering at all costs. Whatever causes the max amount of enjoyment is what's best. That is anathema. But the reason why my wife is now a therapist who hears from a lot of Christian couples our age, this is a very common thing within the Christian church. A lot of couples have kids, are excellent parents, and have made the kids, though, the centerpiece of the marriage. And so their own issues or growing more intimate with one another and more in oneness with one another gets put off to be excellent parents. Then the kids start getting older, don't need the parents as much, or they move out. Now the parents are left with one another and realize there's not really a lot in common here. And, and she thinks maybe she's met somebody who's kinder and nicer and will listen to her more. And he thinks he's met somebody who's prettier. And so they walk into the pastor's office and say, we've grown apart. And we just don't think God would want us to be unhappy. My wife's now on the other end of these conversations. She's now, the, she's now the therapist in the Christian ministry clinic who gets these conversations a lot. The hypocrisy from a Judeo-Christian worldview per- perspective is not going against your basic instincts. It is choosing to go with them. It is claiming to belong to Christ and then acting on your own selfish desires. In the world system, it is choosing to not act on your selfish desires. That makes you a hypocrite. The exact opposite. So I think Jordan makes an excellent point here. Gentlemen, what do you think? Well, just to totally rip off part of Todd's Twitter feed this week, I saw an example of what he's talking about. Somebody came at Todd and said something to the effect of uh, Christian nationalism is the real fascism or American Christianity equals fascism. And Todd, you responded by saying, yes, uh, groomers control the schools, but the church is the one who's out of control. And then this person replies, the Roman Catholic Church has doubtless, and just minutes later, Roman Catholic Church has doubtlessly created more groomers than any institution in history. So he's upset with the church for not allowing enough groomers. I don't under, it's incoherent. That's kind of an illustrative of the point of the point that the, the listener is making. And it is an incoherent. Any, any worldview apart from God will end up in chaos and incoherence. But because it, it's not because of our own, it's, it, it is human nature to see somebody and say, wow, that person's really condescending. So it's human nature to hate condescension, to hate a perceived look of holier than thou. When what we're really trying to achieve and not really achieve through our own struggle. What we're really trying to do is actually deflate our sense 
deflate our sense of pride and vanity as a believer walking with Christ. We're trying to die to self. That's what we're really trying to do. And inherently, inherently, even if done perfectly, even if we are a perfect model Christian, and there's no such thing as that, because there are none who are perfect. Even if that did exist, though, the world would still hate that person. In fact, there was one person who actually did do it perfectly. And we hung him on a cross. And it was for the same reasons, I think, generally speaking, that this emailer is talking about. It's a fascinating perspective, and I really, really appreciate that being shared. Yeah, that man you're talking about, he's a, he's a man in his 70s and one of my former editors at the Des Moines Register. Shocking. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, listen, I, not much I can add. I will, I will simply say, it's something I've said on the show before, never ever underestimate how much people love their own garbage. And you you think, okay, well, if they're getting something from it, well, you know, that's the, I'm not impressed, shocking. You know, when people can grift, gets, no, even when it's, it's not, it's causing pain and suffering to them all around them. They still love it. It's their superpower in that moment. It, what puts them in the center of the story, it gives them worth in that moment. I just... Tucker Carlson's show happened to come on last night and everybody happened to be home at the same time, which is a very rare thing. And normally we're definitely, if we're home, we're not watching the news together, but I saw he's talking about the tranny issue and he did a fantastic segment and he's running clips that we find on the clip on the show before. And my daughters are watching it and they know the issue. They've been at the heart of it. The oldest ones in some levels. Uh, and they watch as he shows that clip of that guy dressed as a girl, have, claiming to have menstrual clamps, cramps. And they're like, they've never seen this before. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah. That, it, and they're like, they're confused. They're trying to ask questions like somehow it makes, no, there's nothing to make sense of it. People love their garbage. As a Christian, <coughs> that, if, if you don't understand that, again, we've become so disconnected from the fact that when we go to church, we're going to church because we're full of garbage. We're sinners. I try to imagine when I'm at church in front of all these people in their Sunday vests, they're dressed nice and everything, but you got to have that image of your head. Like you're in a hospital, you're in a mash unit, people with wounds on their head and wounds everywhere. That's where you are. All right. And these are the people who have admitted at least on some level. And for that day, just like she said, I'm full of garbage and without you, I'm nowhere and I need help. Because my goodness, and now more than ever, which is why we've been going over Steve's book in preparation of the movie. The last chapter was despair. Look what we've done to ourselves from loving our garbage. Let's switch gears. Roland Eggers in New Jersey writes, do you remember Rush Limbaugh's Operation Chaos? You guys remember that? The Hillary yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. I think it's time for round two since the strong possibility has emerged that Robert Kennedy Jr. By the way, I think I said the other day I referred to they killed his brothers. I don't know what I was talking about. My bad. 
man, obviously I, I'm talking about his father and his uncle. So thank you for the 39 of you that emailed me to correct me on that. I appreciate it. But anyway, uh, with the strong possibility has emerged that Robert Kennedy Jr. may decide to run against Biden in the Democratic primary. I'm going to change my voter registration status from Republican to Democrat. This will afford me the opportunity to vote against Joe Biden in the Democratic primary. You can vote for whomever you want in the general in New Jersey, so I can effectively have two consequential votes while totally playing by the rules. It's about time we became a little more tactical in our voting habits. It's been used against us for long enough. You know, if you're in a state that's late in the process, like in New Jersey, in the primary process, and it's a very blue state anyway, right? I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't even think this is chaos. I could make the argument. This is why I wanted, first of all, I loved the reference to Operation Chaos. That brought back some memories. But the other reason I brought this guy's note in is I could make an argument that this is actually a moral choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That this isn't even subversive. You are, you've more, you, you could morally deduce, and I don't, you know, I've not looked ahead to the 2024 primary calendar, but essentially, if you're at any point after Super Tuesday, you should probably consider whether your vote is in the primary process is really going to count. It might, you know, who knows? In 2016, that was one of the latest primary processes we had had in a long time. You know, Aaron is too young to remember when you and I were kids, this thing went to June every cycle. The California primary was always kind of the last big event in, on the primary cycle. I think it was like the first Tuesday in June. That was not uncommon sure. for it to last that long. Um, we have not seen that though in this era of truncated calendars and the, the parties trying to get to the general as fast as possible to stop, you know, factions within themselves beating each other up. Right. So it was rare for us to see a process go well into May. That's what we saw in 2016. That process went, I think Ted dropped out after the Indiana primary. So I think it was like May 7th or 8th or something is when Ted dropped out. I want to say, so if you are after super Tuesday, could you make a moral calculation that I don't, I'm not sure that my votes could account the registration deadline. I don't know when that comes up, may, you know, in a lot of these blue states, you can actually register on site. So maybe that's not an issue. Maybe it is if you're in a state that has tighter election laws, you have to think about that, right? What's the most moral vote that I could make that's also consequential? I don't have a problem if you're, if, if that's the calculus you're trying to do and you make the decision. Since I'm, especially if it doesn't bind me to voting for uh, Joe Biden or nobody in the in the in the in the general election, I could make a case this isn't even chaotic. It, this is a this is a moral choice that you might be making, depending on what the the facts are on the ground in terms of the voting process, where you live, and where that's out on the calendar. Thoughts? I think this is less chaotic than Operation Chaos. I think a lot of that was rushed just having a lot of fun right um th- i i absolutely agree with your assessment on this this is i understand you, why you're hearkening back to that but it's it's the mor- morality and making that your plumb line then opens up windows to see avenues you wouldn't consider otherwise um that should be considered and it it, it, it gets beyond faction it's actually it's see this this to me this kind of thinking is no different than um why um bill maher russell brand you highlighted today naomi wolf's uh, i'm sorry conservatives Mm -hmm. the conversations we are having with people silos are getting knocked down people are coming together because of the way you're thinking about things you're you're realizing that 
uh, a reprioritizing needs to be had a hierarchy of values and that you will find uh as as steve said now i for a long time and before any of these issues came along like i if you agree with me on this i'm with you doesn't if you agree with me on the next issue i'm against you that's how i'm gonna roll that's that kind of thinking this is just adulting to me what do you think Aaron? agreed agreed overall i mean if you are in a Super Tuesday state, especially if you're in a Michigan, especially or uh, one of those um, kind of larger states on the Republican primary, I can't. I was trying to look up the. I, think I, think I saw New Jersey's right now <clears throat> tentatively scheduled for June. I just looked it up as Todd was yeah, talking. I was trying to look up the schedule, and I don't think there's any one place where you can find complete schedule. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, it's like you said, I think you could make a moral, a moral case for this. I mean, Robert Kennedy, this still sticks out in my mind when WMUR interviewed him. He said, um, RFK Jr. is running on progressive policies. And he'd like, yeah, I'm going to uh, run on the forgotten man, the, you know, the, the, the guy that the system has left behind. I mean, in his paradigm, that's progressive. <laughs> Okay, in the actual progressive paradigm, that's like conservative. <laughs> you know, that's populist. The very populist message. I'm curious. Can I can I go off script here for a little bit, Steve? Sure, we got a minute and a half. Go ahead. Um, if you were RFK Jr.'s campaign manager, and you were tasked with the first couple of states, how would you play things? If if you were in Iowa, would you just kind of forget the cities and go focus exclusively on kind of the rural part of the state? Yes. I would not do the traditional college campus visit. Um, I well, you know what though, might just be a little crazy enough. Those kids also hate the jab mandates and everything else, right? Those kids have been have been have been put under that. I think my now that I think about it, I think I would probably just I would run the kind of campaign that previous members of my family would have run. Just a traditional Democratic Party campaign. I think I would do that, actually. And I would just have traditional Democratic Party positions. So I'm essentially running against wokeism, basically. Right. That's that's probably what I would do. I would just run traditional Democratic Party campaign and demonstrate how crazy this thing and out of the mainstream it has become and find out how many of my fellow Democrats actually really agree with me on that. The Steve Day Show. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Final segment on a Friday, and then I'm heading out to suburban Detroit. I hear that's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> For, uh, but I'm very excited. It's our very first screening as Todd is still coughing lungs. It is our very, there are times I hate his natural health stuff. Take a friggin' cough drop, but he won't take any of that stuff. This is one of those times. Like, I'm not concerned about all the germs and stuff he has given me by taking nothing his entire life. It's it's the lung hacking, okay, because he won't take cough drops or cough syrup. Not, not Th- even, that, 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 that annoys me. Not even like I'll take my chances with the germs. The all-natural, like... Uh, what like, Whole Foods Old has Buzz? to have some freaking granola cough drop somewhere, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> granola somewhere. <cough> drop. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, I'm heading out for the very first sneak peek for Nefarious. Looking forward to it tomorrow. We've got a sold out sold out house, easy for me to say, uh, in Troy, Michigan. It'll be the largest crowd that has seen our movie yet. And uh, we'll be doing a, a live Q&A that we will record um, as well. So I'm very, very anxious to, to get up there and uh, start letting the world in on what we've been working on for the last couple of years. And I know a lot of you were a part of that with uh, the full trailer release yesterday. And I'm still getting a ton, I mean, a ton of, of comments and wows uh, from that. So thank you very, very much. We're very proud of the trailer uh, and even more proud of the movie that uh, we're going to show you guys here on April the 14th across the country. This portion of the show, part two of Feedback Friday, brought to you by our good friends over at Preborn. We were proud to add them to our repertoire last year. Uh, Their clinics have helped to rescue over 200,000 babies over the years with a very simple process. Truth and love. Oh, that works. It still works. Still works. Oh, a lot of our churches nowadays tell you they're doing that. They just leave the truth stuff out. No. They confront crisis moms. They confront them. Now, again, a lot of times we think the term confront is a tone. It is not a tone. It is not. When When God walks in the cool of the garden and says, Adam, what's up? That's a confrontation, <laughs> all right? <laughs> when God says, go into Canaan and give him what's up, that's a confrontation. Same thing. It's not a, confrontation isn't a tone. It's an action. And so they do so in love, but it is a confrontation to take these moms and confront them with the knowledge that what they're carrying is a live person with its own separate heartbeat. And you know what they get out of that confrontation? 80% of the time, they convince the mom not to kill that child. But they also know the battle doesn't end there. And so now the love comes in. Since you've responded to truth, now we give you love. And we want to be there for you. Uh, Prenatal, postnatal care, they do all this for free, provided they've got resources from people like us. If you want to make a donation to our great friends over at Preborn, uh, go to preborn.com slash Steve preborn.com slash Steve or dial pound 250 on your mobile phone uh, with the keyword baby pound 250 with the keyword baby on your mobile phone or preborn.com slash Steve. All right, let us continue on on a feedback Friday. Larry Albrecht writes our son, Luke, he says 90% of his generation, even those from public schools see that both political parties are lying to us and that they are largely a generation of politically homeless voters. He's 25 years old. You buying that? What do you think? Mm, no. No? Not in a level of depth that propels itself to action kind of way. I believe it in a, it's my generation, hipster, react against with no clear. And the older generation screwed everything up. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so we have to fix it. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. So you your view is it's more out of a generational vanity than yeah. generational clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Now that may not I mean, be true for Larry Albrecht, his son and the people that Larry's son hangs with, you know, if Larry's tuned into this show on a regular basis, decent chance that his kid picked up, you know, via just being around the old man, some level sure. of critical oh, thinking. Yeah, Fair, yeah. you know. Okay. But it's that generation we're talking about, is that are they racing back to church, Steve? Yeah, no. Well, they are at a greater pace than post-COVID than the boomers are. Remember, we had that data. Yeah. They are. Now, not at the pace we need, but no. they're outpacing the older generations. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, low bar. 
Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? This is your generation. So what do you think? Uh, I'm at a no, dog. Probably not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Larry. (laughs) I just don't, I don't see that. I mean, I just watched a video this morning. Whatever brain cells I had left dissipated at the speed of, of light when I watched this video. There's this podcast. I've never heard of it before up until a couple of weeks ago. It's called the Whatever Podcast. And it's a dating podcast. Yeah, Have yeah. you seen these Is this clips? one Michael Knowles went on? Yeah, this yes. is the same one. Which and, is a brilliant move by Michael, <clears throat> by the way. But okay. But there was uh, uh, essentially these very attractive young women come, but really stupid young men. I'm sorry. They're just dumb. They come and they talk about men and dating and, and you know, the dynamics between men and women, basically. And I heard one woman on there, young woman, talking about, and she's an OnlyFans model, so she is selling her body. So, uh, forgive me, generationally, OnlyFans, is it only porn? Is there anything else that you model there? Other I, than porn. I, the, Todd was asking me the same question earlier. Okay. I don't think so. Because I don't I've know if I want to make it. it I, we just make a of, general assumption <clears throat> that you're just doing amateur porn. I've never heard of OnlyFans out of the context of self-made porn, basically. And it could just be you're doing nudes, but you're doing, you know, not actually, you know, acting out. Sure, right? but, sure. But, but you're telling me OnlyFans is just porn. Yeah. Okay. That's what my understanding. I've never heard it talked about in any other Like, context. I don't have a croquet, a crochet only <laughs> yeah. ha- OnlyFans page. Yeah. Come look at my crafts. This woman. Much. Okay. This but I asked Aaron, I said, is it what I think it is? Okay. Because I only hear it, though, discussed in the context of... Yeah. You know, uh, someone peddling their wares, so to speak. Crochet. Okay, I did, but I didn't know if it if it started out as something and got co opted, or that's literally just what it I, is. I'm pretty sure that's just okay. what it is. Right. Anyway, this young lady starts to talk about, and and this is this is after a Christian dude on the show, a solid dude, says, "You really should not be doing OnlyFans. There's a lot of young women out there who would like to be married." Their future husbands and children will not appreciate it when they see their uh, wife or mother all over the Internet uh, acting out. Let's just put it that way um, because of this previous lifestyle that they had. And this girl chimes, uh, claps back at him and says this only fan model says. Listen, I and she talks yeah. like this. Did you see this clip? <laughs> I did. Listen, man. Um. I'm still like a Christian. Like, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, <laughs> but I'm not like a judge, uh, bleeping judgmental person like you. So I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more from this generation, Gen Z and my generation before I start thinking, hey, yeah, something's turning around here. This is fair enough. It's like we're done. See, this is the reverse side to me of Tim Keller. Like we have sexual immorality ever. But have I told you about uh, my spreadsheet on greed in the Bible? You know, like you just have. This is the plague. It's right here. The oh, anvil would, would is Keller, right on top. Would Keller show up at Sodom and Gomorrah and say, you know, listen? 
really way too much focus on sexual immorality here. Could I mean, Dude. let's talk about hospitality, yes. okay? Well, could you at least be a little kinder, which is a common argument that you hear you from people, you. yeah. Yep. Could we at least talk about hospitality here and just talk about, could, you know, um, let's get informed consent. Maybe these angels would prefer, you know, um, uh, you know, to travel the Hershey Highway here in Sodom and Gomorrah. Have you, you know, but it's really, are we really talking about hospi- hospitality and consent or are we really talking about sexual immorality, right? Yes. Yeah. Kelly writes, leading up to the release of Nefarious, Steve should sit down for an in-depth interview with the Spirit of the Age and its role in the making of the film. Who do we get to stand in for the Spirit of the Age? I liked the idea, but who would, whom would stand in as the Spirit of the Age? Whom, whom would we interview? Got any contacts at the NRLB <laughs> or NLRB? Yeah, we, I do. But right now, the hearing went terribly for the union. And so we know they're still going to rule against us because it's the Biden administration, even though all of the facts are on our side. But I, but I, I, want, to, I, I want them to rule against us for that reason rather than giving them one. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm not going to contact the NLRB and ask them if they would be willing to stand in. Who else? Randy Weingarten. Um, anybody affiliated with the Carlisle School District? <laughs> <laughs> We couldn't have done it without you, actually. Should it be an interview or should it be a... We couldn't have pulled this off without you guys. There's just, without, without your level of... Without your inspiration, we would have been void of good content <laughs> Like here. you got the sticker of... of uh, <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Couldn't have yes. overturned Roe without her. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, Gene says, I had a concept and wanted to get your thoughts. If it would even be a possibility... Or could now, Todd, this is right in your wheelhouse, okay? Or could be a way to have some legal teeth for future vaccines. What if a lawyer were to draw up a legal document that you could have a doctor or healthcare provider sign stating they are responsible for your medical care if the vaccine were to cause short term or long term disability or side effects? What would be really nice would be to hold the federal government accountable if they mandate another vaccine, which they will unless they are held accountable. Can we sue? I don't know the answer. Can we can we sue the Biden administration? Because it's the one that actually imposed the mandate. Could you sue your corporation that carried the mandate out for your vaccine injury? Right. We gave indemnity to the manufacturers. What about the promoters and the implementers? Could we just sue them? This is a question that probably for your movement has not really come up in the past because this is the first time we have seen an attempt to mass impose a mandate on the entire population and to have it imposed via the private sector at the exact same time. So what do you think? Well, the race to get the children vaccinated was as the as big a reason as any to do that was to get this level of indemnity, because that's what you need in order for uh, the coverage. Mm hmm. Uh, the, the no lawsuit coverage to kick in. It has to be available to every sector uh, uh, and mandated for every sector of society. Um, well, it, as for the government, um, listen, again, I'm magical power of vaccines, guys. I, you're, you're thinking uh, does not stink, but you you forget how addicted people are. People, people still think that even if it did injure people, it this vaccine. That what are the numbers they're throwing out, Steve? Shamelessly, just recently, how many people that were saved by this? Which is 
they don't demonstrate how, why, because it's impossible to do that. And they're also doing it at, they're doing it after natural immunity came along. There's a reason why, no matter what you thought of Sweden at the beginning, where is Sweden now on every list? It's doing better than anybody in, in the entire world. Because it got natural immunity. And then, yes, it did vaccinate after that, which I don't agree with. But it allowed a process to go through, and it did not vaccinate. It, it delayed its vaccination. It did not vaccinate right into the right into the storm. I, th- there's all kinds of people who understand none of what I just said. They still believe, and there are a lot of people who are Republicans. There are a lot of people who even have some resentments about this. Who don't like Fauci, but if Cohen comes down to really do this, I, I just don't believe. We have the critical mass to carry it out. Please tell me I'm wrong, Steve. Well, I mean, we could do that with every single issue known to man. Everything always comes down to your amount of conviction. So here, yes. here we're talking about conceptualization, right? But yeah, but we can do that with everything. You know, that's a reoccurring talking point on this program. You know, we're not a nation of laws and we never have been. We're a nation of political will and we always will be. Everything comes down to is that enforceable? Will you let it be enforced? Will you dissent? Will you consent? It always comes down to that. Okay. So before we, I think this is a fundamental question though, before we get to that ask, and this is where I would say to people like you and Dell and people within your movement that have been here for a long time to, 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 to be more open to a lot of people have opened their eyes over the last couple of years it's not 2013. It's not 1997. It's not, it's not even 2018. Okay. When, when, when you've given out 500 million doses of something and 7.7% of the time, your own CDC vSafe data says a severe or major adverse reaction occurred. That ain't Gardasil vaccines or HPV vaccines or did my kid get, you know, was, was my kid, you, you know, in the 40s, one out of 10,000 kids got, um, you know, a neurological disorder or Asperger's or um, some autoimmune. OK, and now it's one in it's one in a thousand. You're talking 7.7 percent of 500 million doses is millions of people. So the Overton window is is not what it ever was on this issue before. It may not be what you ultimately want it to be, but it's sure as hell way more open than it was before. So I think that you guys would be very prudent to take advantage of this window and start asking questions like what Gene is contemplating and make people say no. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. You know, maybe you're going to find what Steve Kirsch found on a plane yesterday. He, he was sitting in first class. Offered $100,000 to the woman next to him to take off her mask. She wouldn't take the money. Maybe you'll find that. Okay? But, and, and, and I'm guessing there will be plenty of times you will. I'm also guessing there, there's going to be a few more times than ever before that people are saying, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Because I can't hear out of this ear anymore. My mom is gone. My, my 19-year-old son collapsed at a, at, a, at a football practice. Okay? You see what I'm saying? Those things are much more prevalent and omnipresent than they ever have been before. But you know so little something, and I pointed that out when Daniel was on the show. You you weren't one of us then for as long as we have been, but I I purposely stepped in so you've been one of those guys on other issues. You won't be allowed to succeed. 
See, it's not about us guys, Steve. They won't let us win this. We were right all along. Hmm. They won't let us drive the change in this. They won't. And you, now that you're in with that book, even though it's a bestseller, where is it not a bestseller? For the same damn reasons. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But you can't deny the Overton window is wider than it was before. I, I would never and I would deny take that. Full advantage. I will of that. always deny though that people look. We're coming around the mouth. Like I, when I say the magical power of vaccines, I don't do it for a rhetorical flourish. It is crack to your average de- Cub Scout den mother. They still believe in this more than they believe in anything else, including their children's baptism. I'll tell you what you need to believe in. Get yourself a seat on a plane next to Steve Kirsch and wear your mask. <laughs> okay? And and, and it, I'll, sold. I'll take it. That's, that's easy money. <laughs> believe in that. All right? Run and tell that, homeboy. All right, that'll do it for this week. Back at it again on Monday. Until then, John 317.